Jill Rutter, Senior Research Fellow at UK in a Changing Europe. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sheila. Isn't the reality, as, as Matthew was just uh, alluding to at the end there, the, re the reality is that um, if Boris Johnson really wants this to work down the line, it will, ha it will mean uh, doing regulatory business with the EU in, in that trade deal and how, and how he designs that trade deal. There's potential for taking away quite a lot of these checks, um, but you have to have a very close relationship with the EU. That's, after all, what Theresa May did. That's why she proposed her sort of checkers agreement with, uh, with regulatory alignment on goods, anything where you would normally check at the border, uh, in order to avoid the need for those regulatory checks, and why she had that sort of backstop arrangement of a UK-EU customs union to avoid the need for customs checks. And she, if you like, had signed up to the backstop, but then wanted a long-term deal with the EU that removed the need for those checks. Boris Johnson is very clear that his renegotiated political declaration means a much looser relationship, not for the UK, but for Great Britain, so England, Scotland and Wales with the EU. And in that case, if he gets the sort of deal that he's looking for for GB, there will inevitably be checks um, there will be you know, unavoidable checks east-west, so between for goods going from Great Britain into Northern Ireland, because effectively those goods are then going to move around in the single market and in the EU customs union. That's why the EU will insist on those checks. And there will also be some checks west-east. Um, you know, uh, there are lots of question marks. One of the things that's very interesting in this document is it really reveals how much is still unknown or to be negotiated. There are quite a lot of question marks all over the place mm. in it on the extent of those West East checks. And and given, I mean, it was before the election campaign that he did this, but certainly now in the election campaign, Boris Johnson is pushing back hard on any any suggestion that this Treasury uh, document reveals any such thing. And he's saying, as he said before, you know, if anyone asks you to fill in a form, he said they should ring me. I'll direct them to throw that form in the bin. And today he's saying this is nothing. This is just chatter in the Treasury. What do you say to that? Well, it's clearly not just chatter in the Treasury. This is clearly a quite well-produced slide pack. So it's not just a couple of uh, officials emailing each other saying, hey, what do you think's in this deal? Looks a bit, uh, looks a bit odd, doesn't it? This is much more formal analysis. And that, some of this is up for grabs. And one of the things that I think is really interesting to emerge from this is there is clearly a policy debate to be had in the UK about the extent of West East checks, that stuff coming over from Northern Ireland into Great Britain. We know that there's some sort of administrative procedures that will have to take place because those are required, not because of UK law, but because of the Union Customs Code, which will be being applied in Northern Ireland. And the document also makes clear there are also WTO constraints um, about how we treat that, uh, that sort of relationship between the two zones. But it also makes clear that the Treasury, and this is where the Prime Minister might legitimately choose to uh, disagree, the Treasury has a range of other concerns about, uh, about uh, Northern Ireland becoming a backdoor into the great British market with things that, uh, you know, maybe actually don't really qualify for UK preferred tariffs. They've come in through Ireland. Uh, they have a different deal with uh, the EU to the one with the UK. So they're a bit worried about those. So that's going to be a policy decision for the UK. But it also makes clear that quite a lot of this is still to be negotiated in the Joint Committee. Uh, some of it is constrained by international obligations, which means we can't get out of them. And that, I mean, some of us have sort of wondered, does the Prime Minister, you know, refuse to recognise what he signed up to? 
or does he just not understand his deal? Those, that's perhaps the more charitable interpretation of some of his comments, because it's very difficult to see how he can continue giving those assurances, which fly in the face of what everybody else can see is clearly in that deal. And in that sense, all this Treasury document does is spell out those issues. There's quite a lot still to be decided, how burdensome these checks are, you know, what some of the things mean, like what does it mean on a uh, good going from Great Britain to Northern Ireland that it's at risk of entering the single market. We don't know. Those are all to be sorted out next year. But you would have thought, I mean, uh, you know, one of the lines we're getting is that ministers hadn't seen this sort of analysis. That's actually quite shocking because ministers certainly should have seen this sort of analysis before they signed up to this deal. Remember, if the Prime Minister hadn't decided to call the election, this treaty uh, on his timetable would have been ratified by the 31st of October. And these wouldn't just be things in the Treasury slide pack. These would be international legally binding obligations. Thank you, Jill. Good to talk to you. Jill Rutter, Senior Research Fellow at the UK in a Changing Europe. And thank you to Matthew Thompson.